Hey, thank you for tuning in to the Fountain Podcast. We pray that this message blesses you and helps you to see Jesus clearly, love him deeply, and follow him wholeheartedly. Let's dive in. First Chronicles chapter 4. This is a hot sermon, not because I wrote it, but because this is what a lot of pastors are talking about right now. You may know it as the prayer of Jabez, and it seems like every 10 years or so, this comes right back around, and people want to talk about the prayer of Jabez. There's a guy by the name of Bruce Wilkinson who wrote a book on this. I recommend you get it. There's a whole study on it. It's phenomenal. And right now, if you Google prayer Jabez, you're going to see a lot of famous pastors are actually going through it right now, or they've kind of started it, and they're in the middle of a sermon series on it. And I don't know why, but it just seems very fitting for this year. I was in Israel uh, last November, and the Lord began to give me this sermon. Is uh, The title of it is Expand, right? Because I'm doing a whole year of expanding. Uh, we're expanding the way we dream. We're expanding the way we have vision. We're just not expanding the waistline. Somebody say amen. We're, that's the opposite, but we're contracting. Lord, in Jesus' name, bring it tighter. Feed me. Okay, anyway, so, uh, but we are expanding. And so when I was in Israel... And we were on a nice boat ride, middle of the night, Sea of Galilee, worship, word, prayer, Jesus. It was incredible. I would show you a video, but I don't got time to do all this stuff. So uh, I felt like the Lord began to develop this word, and he gave it to me in 1 Chronicles 4, 9 through 10. Prayer of Jabez, and I read, started verse 9, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I give birth to him in pain. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel. He said, oh, that you would bless me indeed, enlarge my territory, let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. Love this part. And God granted his request. Another way to say it, God answered his prayer. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. It is my prayer, Lord, that as you speak to me, speak through me for the blessing and benefit of your people. In Jesus' name, and we all say, amen. Okay, so if you start back up at the beginning of the chapter, of chapter four, they're giving you the names of the tribe of Judah. And there's a whole bunch of names, about 600 names in, in the first uh, four chapters of this book that nobody can really pronounce unless you're probably from the Middle East and are used to these names. So I didn't even take the time to read them. But in the middle of 600 names, we see this pause in the action. We see this break in the action. And Jabez, we get introduced in only two sentences, Jabez. And this guy literally says that, you know, he has this, what we may could possibly deem as a selfish prayer, Lord, bless me enlarge my territory, keep me free from pain. Like in today's terms, in today's times, if we're not careful, we'd say that's a prosperity gospel. Like Jabez, what's going on with him? Like he's praying all the wrong prayers. We're supposed to pray, hey, this might be my lot in life to suffer. And you know, those who suffer are more godly and all this stuff. But Jabez does something totally different. Now, what's interesting is if you know anything about names, parents in here, how many of you were intentional when you named your kids? Like you just didn't randomly pull it out of the hat. Like you knew a name for your kid, right? And so we have a saying here that a name is to be lived up to. Matter of fact, as my kids were growing up, they're 22, 20, and 17 now. But as they were growing up, we'd always say, hey, listen, your last name, wherever you go, your last name is being represented. That last name carries weight. Remember who you are. You're a Flores, blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm talking about? Like, don't, don't let me catch you acting up in class. Hello. I'm old school. Okay, I'm old school. You will catch a belt. Mm. Mm. Okay, anyway, I digress. Some of you are like, that's this guy again. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Look at Okay. So I would remind them, right? So in essence, a name is to be lived up to, right? Now think about Jabez's name. His name literally means pain. And so if you're not careful and you just think about it very practically, I think, well, 
like, like, how big of a baby was he? Like, I coached a football player one time. His name was Kevin. Kevin was six foot five, 350 pounds, and I met his mama one day. I'm like, man, he gave birth to a big son. Like, like you should have had more kids. We could have had a whole offensive line. I was coaching football. Could have had a whole offensive line. Guys this size, intimidating. She goes, he was 15 pounds. Every woman in here, real quick, ouch. Ay, Dios mío, right? Like, oh my gosh, help me, Lord, right? Right? She said, all natural. I said, how? How is that possible? She goes, I didn't have any more. I said, girl, I don't blame you. <laughs> That's so wrong. And, and he was a couple weeks early. Thank God he didn't go to term. Yeah, hello, I gave birth to a toddler. <laughs> He's starting third grade already. <laughs> yeah. Kevin, coolest kid ever, though. Okay, anyway, so I digress. I'm like, so how big was Jabez that his mom said, ouch, he caused me pain? We read it all wrong. The secret to his name is in the first verse. It says, and Jabez was more honorable than all his brothers. Let me, let me, let me, let me fill it in here. Let me color it in, okay? So as parents, it's crazy. Nothing will bring you to your knees quicker than one of your kids acting a fool. Let one of your kids go sideways. All of a sudden, you're on your knees praying. You're like, where's the offering? I need to give a little extra. <laughs> like, I give this in that kid's name because he ain't giving it. Mm. <laughs> hey, y'all better be ready to laugh because I, I, I'm not lying. Like, laughing to do is good like a medicine, and then I can real quick. Okay, so your kids are acting up in, in this is what I think happened. The Bible said, and Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And I think about there's no pain like your kids hurting. There ain't no pain like your kid's suffering. It just hits, it hits different in, in the part of your soul. When your kids are hurting, you're hurt. It's a deep anguish hurt. And for moms, it's even more different than dads. Because you carried them. You gave birth to them. And I think what the mom was saying was all, all three or four of these other sons I've had have caused me great pain, great anguish. And now you will too. You will break this mother's heart as well. And so Jabez said, it's not a name I want to live up to. It's a name that I have to overcome. It's a name that I must overcome. And so what does he do? He flips the script and he says, Lord, that you would bless me indeed, that you would expand my territory, that you'd keep me far away from pain. And the Bible says, and the Lord granted his request. So I'm going to walk you through this. I, I, I know if we're not careful, you might sense a, a hint of what people would deem like a prosperity gospel but I just want you to sit patiently, catch a full panoramic view, because we're going to deal with your stuff here in a minute, okay? But we're going to get there at the end. So I'm going to give you all the good stuff in the beginning, and then I'm going to send you home with the chancla. Okay, so here we go. Translation, uh, I don't even know how to translate that. Okay, so I don't know. how do you, Anybody want to help me out here? Where, where my hint they at? A butt whooping. Okay, here we go. First things first. Number one, if you're writing notes, write this down. We're going to pray for a blessing. We're going to pray for a blessing. I want to show you a verse. This is the Amplified Version. Listen, listen. I know the Amplified Version got like a bad rap for a while. Let me explain real quickly. In, in the Hebrew language and in the Greek language, there's a word sometimes that could be defined depending on how you place it a few different ways. Same thing in the English language. If we talk about weight, you know, you wait on the Lord, but yet there's a waiter and a waitress and you see them going, or that thing is very weighty. Okay, so you see, so just give me some patience. Listen to this. Psalms 5.12 says, for you, O Lord, will bless the, look at this, uncompromisingly righteous, him who is upright and in right standing with you 
as with a shield, you surround him with goodwill. Look at this, pleasure and favor. Pleasure and favor. So here it is. God is going to bless those who are living right and acting right in him. A lot of times we come to God and we ask him to bless what we're doing, even though what we're doing may be deemed as sinful. God will not bless your sinfulness, but he will reward your faithfulness. Okay, now watch. You can't violate the commands of God and expect to receive the blessings of God. That's why a lot of people get in this, get in this rhythm of saying, God, I know I'm sinning, but I still want you to bless it. No, stop your sinning and God will bless it. Psalms 1. Psalms 1 says, Blessed is the man who does not sit in the seat of the scornful, nor stand in the way of sinners, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on that he meditates day and night. He, he or she shall be like a tree planted by streams of living water whose leaves do not wither, but bear fruit in due season. And watch this, but not so the wicked. Don't have uphill goals, but downhill habits. Don't do that. Don't do that. Because there's a high price for a low living. I can go all day with idioms, okay? Like, I'm just a walking almanac of sayings here, okay? So, trust me, I can go all day, all right? But the point is, you got to understand there's, there's a blessing to living right. And so this is what he's saying is, first off, we got to get you right before the Lord. Now, does that mean it's always going to work out? It's always going to be rainbows and unicorns? No, absolutely. Look at what he says. He says, God is going to put a shield of favor around you. Picture 300, if you could, not the rip buff men in 300, but the shields they had, the shields, okay? And when they were shooting darts or arrows at them, they put up a shield. The enemy is what? Always throwing darts and shooting arrows at you. God's gonna put a shield. Doesn't mean that you're not gonna get shot at. It just means God's gonna work all things together for the good. So he's gonna give you a shield of favor. So it's a blessing, right? Look at Genesis 20, verses 12 and 13. It says, then Isaac sowed in the land and he reaped, a hundredfold in the same year. And the Lord blessed him. I love verse 13. The man began to prosper and continue prospering until he became very prosperous. Oh, that's a whole lot of peas right there. That's good, right? Now you might be, you might right now want to prosper, but God's gonna have you prospering so you can be prosperous because why? God wants to bless you so you can be a blessing because you can't give what you ain't got. Let me break it down to you another way. So I got a single mom in the church. She's got a, a, a special needs son and the most beautiful, cute little daughter ever. She's like seven or eight, something like that. And so she got into a car accident. And so she got literally got rear-ended and then ran into another person. And for whatever reason right now, I don't know if you've wrecked your car, but like body shops are like backed up for seven years. Like, yeah, we'll get your car to you in 2032. Oh, that's great. No problem. I'll get a rental. And then like insurance companies are giving you a rental for like, I don't know, two days. And so that's what happened to her. They took forever just to get an estimate. Her rental ran out and she was borrowing her boss's like big old truck, like a dually four-door big old truck. She's like, I'm so scared driving it. I said, I'm scared with you driving it. Like, you know what I mean? Like help me out. And she goes, I don't know what to do. I said, you know what? You can just borrow my car. I happen to have an extra car. Just borrow my car. She goes, well, I, I just feel rushed to go out and buy another car because they totaled mine. I said, tell you, you borrow my car as long as you need it. Because how many of you know sometimes we don't make the best decisions when we're rushed, especially money decisions, right? So I said, just take it as long as you need it. And lo and behold, two weeks later, she found the perfect car. And I love it because one person, you always got that one person in the church, right? Mr. Judgmental. Well, how do you have an extra car? Well, I just do. I got friends. And not like those friends, you know, like that just fell off the truck, friends, you know? No, no, no. <laughs> Y'all didn't get that. That's funny. I know who the hood people are because they, they got that. Fell off the truck. 
We know how you grew up, uh-huh, in the house of the Lord. That's where you need to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the rest of you are like, what's he talking about? Don't worry about it, okay? So, so I said, I just ha- I have an extra truck, too. You know, I got extra cars. And I, why? Because my prayer is, Lord, bless me so I could be a blessing. I'd have never been able to help that single mom if I only had one car. She wasn't getting my wife's car. You're supposed to say amen right there. Okay, good. <laughs> she gave me the look, though. She didn't my car. Okay, so... Does that make sense? I want to be blessed to be a blessing, right? But you can't give what you ain't got. Now, I'm not talking about, listen, I'm not talking about your life's going to be absent of trials or tribulations. We're going to get there. You can't give what you ain't got. Okay, now, real quick, there's a question that comes up on the board, and here it is. Why does God want us blessed? Look at 3 John. Let's look at the totality of who we are. 3 John 1 says this. Beloved, I pray that in every way, that is your body, mind, soul, spirit, may be kept well, even as I know your soul keeps well and prospers. In other words, God wants you blessed in the totality of you. Maybe this year your blessing is you really need to get your health in check. You need to stop putting off. And listen to what I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say you need to lose weight. That's not what I'm saying. You need to go to the doctor and find out what you need to do. Okay? Now, now I've never heard I need to gain weight, but that's okay. (laughs) I have a friend who said the doctor said I need to gain weight. I'm like... Satan, where are you? Get behind me. That is, that is not a word from the Lord. I don't know who you are. That foul spirit. I need to gain weight. Anyway, okay. So, that's real though. You just need to get your health in line. Some of you just need to go see what's going on, okay? Why? So that you would prosper. Mind, body, soul, and spirit. Some of you, some of you, you might actually need to go back to your therapist. You need to get your mental health in order. Okay, but in the church, we oh, therapists, therapist, get you a Bible-believing, God-honoring, Bible-fearing therapist to help you work through some of the trauma in your life. It's okay. You're going to be okay, okay? So whatever it is, he wants you to prosper the totality of you. Some of you, ooh, this hurts to say, some of you need to take Dave Ramsey again. I can't stand that guy. Pelon is what I call him. That means baldy in Spanish, okay? I just can't stand him. All I ever hear is get an envelope system, pay off your debt. (laughs) Nails on a chalkboard. And if it wasn't for my wife, I'd never do it. I'm the spender, she's the saver. The whole reason we got anything is because of her. Anyway, I digress. You might need to take it again. Now, how many times? I've taken it four times. I've let it twice. (laughs) Some of us are hard-headed. That's obvious, right? So you just, what your whole soul would prosper. So the totality of who you are would be blessed some of you this is the year to get your spiritual life back on track so instead of putting off the dream team or the serve team take step two today i think i got that right right chris where you at chris step two there step two today there you go you just need to be a part you need to get your spiritual life back on track okay so let's take a look at this look at this this has got to be one of my favorite verses check genesis 12 2 and i will make you a great nation talking to abram not abraham and I will bless you abundantly, look at this, and make your name great, exalted and distinguished, and you shall be a blessing. My favorite part, a source of great good to others. I love that. I love that. Can I tell you and share with you how generosity changes an atmosphere? So I, 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 I frequent a gym, and you know I don't know what happened, but ever since COVID, people have gotten less friendly. I don't know what it is. They took away the free snacks at Costco, and people done lost it. How many know that's real? Where are my free snack people at? Yes. Huh. Having a bad day? Just make two loops. <laughs> Act like you're someone different. <laughs> that's where it pays to somewhat speak a second language. Hey, how you doing? 
¿Qué? Gracias. <laughs> right? So, anyway, so I've noticed that. And so I go to this gym, and people are, they're not as like friendly. And I'm extra, extra, extrovert. Where are my extra, extroverts at? Right here. Like seven of us, the rest of you. I'm sorry. I am so extra. I get up like this at four in the morning without coffee. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm happy. My wife, look at that face. She, <laughs> she's like, she'll tell me, she goes, she goes, you got way too much right now. Way too much. Sorry, babe. And so um, I decided uh, that I was just going to bless them because I know generosity changes the atmosphere. So I come through with Starbucks gift cards. I'm not talking about them $5 gift cards. I don't buy you nothing no more, okay? $5 don't do nothing. So I came in with some good gift cards. Walked in, hey, how's everybody doing? Just want to say Merry Christmas. And they were like, oh, my gosh, he brought cards for everybody. Next, you know, hey, it's Anthony. Hey, Anthony, how you doing? You don't even need a code today. Just come on in. It's free. You know what I mean? Like, hey. Changed the whole atmosphere, right? So then I go to Starbucks. I don't drink coffee, but I get, the, like, little egg bites every Saturday. I know the people there. They were already super cool. And I'm like, I'm going to hook them up with a generous gift. Watch generosity change the atmosphere. Super packed. People were being super mean. Dude tells me my total. It's the same total every week. I give them this large bill. And he goes, man, I can't break that. I said, bro, it's for you. He goes, really? I go, really, really? <laughs> hey, yo, Aunt just hooked it up. What a big, generous gift. Thank you, man. You'd have thought I was a celebrity. Changed the whole atmosphere. Generosity. You don't believe me? Next time you're at Christmas, go to whatever place you're shopping at for whoever gifts you're getting. That person who's only getting paid a little bit over minimum wage, slip them a $100 bill and tell them, hey, I just see everything you're doing. Thank you so much. They're going to freak out. They're going to walk you to your car. They're going to shut down the register and be like, I got to walk them to their car. <laughs> you're going to get everybody else mad, but they're going to love you. <laughs> Why? Because generosity changes the atmosphere. It literally changes the atmosphere. I want to be blessed so I could be a blessing. Now, I want to show you something because I did a deep word search the other day into the word of God. And, and I feel like this is a prophetic moment in the message. So I just want you to lean in. But I want you to check this out. Psalms 126.1, this says this. This is a song of ascent. I'll get to that in a second. It said, when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Now, if you've never been to Israel, then you probably don't know this. But if you want to go to the Temple Mount, where they're talking about when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, go into the temple. A song of ascent literally means this is a song they sang on the way to the temple, kind of like we have church songs. But interesting enough, anytime you go to the temple, you always end up walking down because then you got to walk back up. So even if you're on the Mount of Olives and you go down, what you'd call the Palm Sunday walk, you go down and then you have to come back up into the Temple Mount. Even if you're over on Mount Zion, which is a neighboring mountain, you have to go down and then you got to come back up. Are you tracking with me? You always got to go. That's why they wrote songs of sin. Matter of fact, uh, I didn't say this last service, but we got a little bit more time. I'll do it this one. So when you see Romans 12, therefore, brothers, I beseech you in the view of God's mercies, offer your bodies living sacrifices. That Greek, that, that Greek word is um, oliach, which means to go up. How do you get a, you know, 2,500, 3,000 pound bull up to the Lord? You got to kill it. And the smoke, the presence of that bull goes up, oliach. And Jews, when they make their aliyah, not oliyah, but aliyah, they go up to Jerusalem. It's always up. It's always up. Sin will always take you down. Jonah went down to the docks. He went down into the boat. He was down in the belly of way, in a whale. Sin brings you down. Going to God brings you up. Are you tracking? Song of Ascent. So he says, we were like those who dream. Very interesting. 
Because when we understand dreams, have you ever had a dream that seems so real, you woke up and you're like, did that happen? Right? You know what I'm saying? And then um, <laughs> those dreams, you know, like the ones where you're falling and your legs just start moving and you wake up like scared, like, oh, no way. Right? How many know those ones, right? Okay. I'm not alone. And then you have dreams that are like super far out there, right? But have you ever been in real life and something so surreal is happening and it's right in front of you, like, is that a dream? Like one time my wife and I were driving on I-80 over in Sac and we watched this guy get hit on his motorcycle. Trip. Like it all slowed down. Like, and I don't mean to be gross or anything, but I'm just describing like even him in the middle in, in the air, it was like slow. He ended up being okay. I mean, just praise the Lord. But it was just so surreal. And even we as Americans, we have terms like this is a dream come. Why do we say that? So watch this right here. This is what he's saying. This is what he's saying. Follow me. They're on their way back to the temple after being in captivity. And they said, we've dreamed of this day. And now my dreams have become reality. Family, are you dreaming? He can't bring a dream to pass that you haven't dreamt. You need to dream again. Some of you have been from a broken relationship to a broken relationship, and you need to dream again for the right man or woman of God in your life. Some of you have been trying for kids, and it didn't work, but you need to dream again. Some of you, you tried a business, and it didn't work, but God's saying, I want you to dream again. Whatever it is, can you allow God to speak through your prophetic dream? And trust me, I know what it's like to have your dreams crumble right in front of you. But listen to me, family. If you have nothing left but God, you got more than enough to start all over again. You see this? Dream again. Okay, number two. We want to pray for influence. He says, pray for influence that you would expand my territory. Now, now listen, here's a verse. We all know it. We just read it this morning. Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than we could ever think Ask or imagine, imagine more according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory of the church in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. God never intended us for, to stay here. He intended us to move forward, to expand. Now, listen, when I think of influence, I'm just going to share with you what I'm doing, what I feel God has placed in my heart. Okay, I'm going to share two dreams with you, totally impossible dreams, but I'm going to share them with you. And I'm just believing to God to expand my influence. Number one is I'm going to introduce you to Reuben. Reuben is a part of my team as we support Children's Cup. You as a church support Children's Cup. This is an organization in Mexico, Aguas Calientes, Mexico. And we support a specific barrio, a specific area called Progreso, Mexico, where there's 150 kids who need sponsorship. And right now, I, I would have to look at the numbers, but we're somewhere between 30 and 40 sponsorships shy which we're going to sponsor the whole kid so no kid gets left behind. No kid gets turned away. So we got to go there last, uh, where was I? I was last October. Uh, I was in Aguas, and we went, and they surprised us. We got to go to our sponsor kids' house. Let's go to the next one. Uh, the one with um, one more. Yeah, right there. Thank you. That's Elsa. She's my children's pastor as well as a uh, assistant campus pastor. That's Americas right there. And she's uh, nine years old. And so this is her sponsored child, and this is her family. Uh, we blacked out the other faces because they're not sponsored kids, just so you know. So there we are as a team. Claudia, she works there. And then these two are from my church. The next one's going to be Diana, and she's with Isaac or Isaac. And so that's her sponsored child. We were at the Care Point Center when we met them. Let's go to the last one. And then we're walking around. They got all these kids everywhere. They've outgrown their facilities. And I'm talking to Isais, who's the national director. And I said, bro, what's your dream? Let's dream together. 
And he goes, well, let's take a walk. So we take a walk, and we're going down the streets of Progreso, and he shows me this field. And while I'm there, you ever notice the Lord never asks you to do something at the right time? Am I alone in this? The Lord speaks to me, and he goes, I want you to buy that field for him. And so I said, Isaiah says, uh, how much for that field? And he goes, it's a million. I said, oh, Lord, wrong person. <laughs> he says, pesos. I said, también. I'm back in it. Let's go. Let's go. I can do this. Hallelujah. Gloria a Dios. Let's go. I can do this now. But for those who don't know that translates, that translates about 30, 40 grand, okay? It's good. And I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I know you asked me the, the worst time. Like, like I got a lot of stuff going on right now, like 30, 40,000. Like, Lord, even though it's better than a million, it's like, come on. And, and, and I love the Holy Spirit because he's gentle. And, but he always gives you truth. And he says, I'm not asking you to do it. I'm asking you to partner with me. And if you could already do it, why would I ask you? God is not asking you what you can do. He's going to ask you what you can't do. Yo, Sarah, have a kid. God, I'm barren. I'm old. That ain't happening. It ain't working. He goes, well, because I'm going to help you. You can't do it in the natural, but we're going to do this in the supernatural. Right? Do you see where I'm going with this? If, if you could already do it, why would you need God? How are you going to get stretched? How's it going to push you? So I'm asking God to give me great influence. I still don't know what I'm doing. Matter of fact, Isais, uh, he was at our first conference. We flew him and his family out uh, from, from Aguas. And he was standing in service. And I go, by the way, Isaias, I'm going to buy that field for you. He goes, really? And I go, I just don't know how. He goes, wow. <laughs> well, I, I didn't want him to think I was cutting a check tonight. You know what I mean? Like, brother, you got to work with me here a little bit. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm figuring things out. I'm like, a uh, whole lot of weddings to do here. Okay, we're going to do it. All right, okay. So, <laughs> that's really true, though. Okay, I got a second. I got a second. Listen, this one's crazy. You want to talk about dreaming? Like, this one's going to come to pass. I don't know. I'll raise the money. I'm not tripping. Okay, I, I, I can do this. Okay, because I know God's with me. I have a second dream that's really big, and I get hesitant to share it. Okay, can we bring up to Israel? This is the uh, next picture. This is Caesarea by the Sea. I was just there in November, and when I was there, God impregnated me. I mean, he literally planted a word in my heart. This is not. This is scary to say. I literally want to take every believer I know to Israel. I, no, 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 listen. No, you got to hear, hear the big why. So at my church, we did a sermon series called The Big Ask. Okay? It's about the prayer of Jabez. Did it a few years ago. Just don't look at your neighbor. And anyway, some of you got that. That's good. You're quick. And um, I told the Lord when I was there, I was like, I would really love to watch every believer go to Israel. And here's why. Out of the three Abrahamic faiths, we can debate that. Don't worry, just hear me. Out of the three faiths that claim Abraham as a father, look at Muslims, Jews, and Christians. Christians are the only ones that don't do pilgrimages. And yet we constantly lose generation after generation of young people to the world. We place no priority on going where Jesus walked. I got a quick little newsflash for you. Jesus never came to America. Matter of fact, he really didn't go outside of the place where he lived. The furthest he went was Banias. 
Caesarea Philippi. That's how you would call it. Today it's Banning. Do, do, do you see what I'm saying? You don't know your roots because you ain't been to where you were born again. You don't know where you're grafted in at. You ain't been on the Sea of Galilee at night to have the Holy Spirit give you a prophetic word where Jesus walked. You ain't been, you ain't been to Eche Omo where it was where Jesus got the crown of thorns, and I've got a crown of thorns to show you what he was wrestling with. You ain't been to the Garden of Gethsemane to see the seven witnesses, the trees that have been carbon dated to say into place they're well over 2,000 years old. Do you see this? You haven't worshipped at Shepherd's Field, where they believe the, the announcement. You don't got to play the video, but just show the video. This is me. I shot this video at Shepherd's Field explaining why Shepherd's. This is Shepherd's Field. Okay, you don't have to play that, though. That's, it's going to take a whole minute. The click off it. All right, click off it. There you go. Christ. I did a, I did a whole video. I'm still talking. I can hear myself. There you go. <laughs> so weird to watch myself and hear myself. All right. Where am I going with this? This concerns me. So I have, I have a big dream. I have a big dream. I want to take all believers to Israel. I want to make it happen. So that's why I go. I go every year. I hopefully will be going twice this year. And if they'd allow me, I'd live there. Why? Because I have such a burden. I watch people's faith come alive. Come alive. They come back and they read their Bible. It's so different when they're reading about all these places. Like, I was just there. Especially the New Testament. Like, wow, that was there. That's what that meant. I can show you all these things Jesus meant when he was saying the things that he did. That's my big burden. Now, I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I'm, hey, I just said, God, give me the influence. Expand my territory. Okay, let's go to number three. He says, Lord, please be with me that your hand would be on me. Okay, okay. Acts eleven nineteen through 21 says this. Now, those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed, I'll take you to where Stephen was killed. I'll take you to Stephen's gate. They literally got a gate named after him. I'll take you to Stephen's gate in the old city where Stephen was killed, okay? That's, that's what I'm saying. Your Bible comes alive, right? I'll take you to the upper room where they all got dispersed right there. Same upper room where they had the last supper. I'll take you to the upper room. We'll have church in there. We'll do a word. I'm telling you, this is incredible. Your Bible comes alive. Okay, it says this. And when it says, some of them, however, went from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to the Greeks. Also, here's the key part. Telling them the good news about Jesus Christ and the Lord's hand was what? With them. Another way to say it is the Lord's hand was upon them, right? And they began to grow in number. And they began to add to the church. Do you see this? I prophesy and believe that the Lord's hand is on Fountain Church. And God is going to add numerically to this place, especially those who have fallen off during COVID. Did you know the last three years, there has been a precipitous decline of people going to church. This is the first time in American history that pe more people claim not to go to church than go to church. This is the first time in history people say they're not a Christian as compared to being a Christian. We're in the midst and we're, we're in the breeding ground of a revival. Let's make it happen. Let's pray that God would expand our territory, that his hand would be with us, that the church might be full, that dead people will come back to life in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, you should be clapping because that's some of your family members, right? Believe for the impossible. You know, that, that one person, everybody says, oh, they'll never show up at church. They said that about you. And you're here. You went from the club to God's house. Come on, somebody. Okay. Okay. Now, real quickly, if we're asking the Lord's hand to be with us, uh, and I didn't come up with this. Pastor Chris Hodges did. 
If you're asking the Lord's hand to be with you, you need to expect some danger and some turmoil ahead. I love what Pastor Chris Hodges said. Pastor Chris Hodges said this. If you're not butting heads with the devil, it's because you're walking with him. That's what I said. I was in my office. I wasn't bothering nobody. I was on best behavior. I had a Southwest chicken bacon Caesar salad. I was enjoying it. I mean, it was good. Had some Chipotle ranch because I didn't really do the Caesar. I put Chipotle ranch on it. I was enjoying myself, eating it. Chicken was on point. Watching the sermon. Took a bite. He said, I was like, slow your roll, Pastor Chris. I ain't bothering nobody. I'm just trying to enjoy my salad. You got to come out here with a chancla. This ain't right. I rewound and he, and he said, and I said, if you're not butting heads with the devil, it's because you're walking with him. I was like, that hurts. That hurts. In other words, you're supposed to be being attacked. You're supposed to be having opposition. Be, be cautious when all people speak manner of all good things about you. Be alert. Look, 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 look. It says in 1 Peter 5, be sober, be well balanced and self-disciplined. Be cautious at all times. The enemy of you or is the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, fiercely hungry, seeking someone to devour. He's after you. He ain't going to leave you alone. He wants to interrupt everything good that's in your life. He's going to go after those you hold dear. He never, listen, he's a loser. He's a liar. He's just not a quitter. He's a loser. He's a liar. He's just not a quitter. And some of you have been going through it because you've been wrecking hell. You've been populating heaven. You got a target on your back. You're going to have a target on your back. But I want to share something with you. And we're going to end off this way because I'm not saying this about your church. Your church does a great job. But this is what I noticed in the capital C church. People aren't pastored no more. You're not pastored no more. You're not. Um, you have access to some of the greatest preachers and teachers. Listen to what I just said. Around. You can get on YouTube today, you get the best preachers and teachers at your fingertips, but you're not pastored. You got the popcorn preaching, you got the self-help, but no one's up in your business and challenging you because when you're challenged, you're changed. When you're confronted, you change. Do you, you see where I'm going with this? And so nobody's there anymore. And we've shied away from it. We want 12 steps to a better you. Jesus didn't die for a better you. He died for a new you in the old you. That's not a popular sermon. Anytime the crowds got too big, Jesus did a crowd-thinning sermon. One time the crowds were huge. He says, that's it. Turn around and says, you must drink my blood and eat my flesh. People were gone. Like, that is just nasty. We're out. Then he looked at the disciples and said, you going to leave me too? They go, where else are we going to go? Are you one of those disciples? Jesus, where else am I going to go? Like, you're going to have to get rid of me. Like, I ain't got nowhere else to go. Like, I'm holding on to you. I'm, I'm holding on to you like a two-year-old. You know what I mean? Like, don't leave me. Don't leave me. I got nowhere else to go. Right? So I'm going to pass you. A lot of times, oh, oh, one other thing. Yeah, I, I, I needed to say this last service. I don't know why. I just didn't. It wasn't obedient to the Holy Spirit. I'm not making the same mistake twice. I've been so guilty of this. Like, if, you know, Paul says, I'm the chief sinner. I'm the chief sinner right here our excuse to not pastor people and I'm talking about me as a pastor is we had the cliche well it's the Holy Spirit's job let's go to the word of God Jesus said therefore go and what did he say to you what am I supposed to do oh I'm supposed to make disciples I am What's the last? Does anybody know the next step? Teaching them what? To obey all the things I command. 
And then what it says. I ain't making that up. You the preacher. I'm not making it up. Okay, because if I made it up, you got to clean it up when I'm done. <laughs> Teaching them to obey the words of God. Oh, yeah, the Holy Spirit's going to help you. But you're to make the disciple. You're to sit down eyeball to eyeball. But we've abdicated that. Oh, the Holy Spirit, he'll just groom them. He'll do it. No. What are you doing? What are you doing? Are you walking through the word of God? Are you calling it out? Are you saying that's not what the Bible says? Are you saying, hey, look at the word of God? That's no, 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 no. You're living wrong. This ain't right. Are you teaching the word of God? Are you teaching the word of God? Listen, truth ain't subjective. Truth is right there. Truth hung on a cross. Truth is always truth, whether you agree with it or not. It don't change. There it is. Hung on a cross, died and paid for your sins. Truth isn't a thing. It's a person. It's a person. You wonder why God's people ain't free? Because you ain't invited them to the truth. You ain't introduced them to the truth. You ain't given them the truth, and they ain't received the truth. That's why they're bound. So I felt bad. So I was like, you know what? I'm done with that. I'm going to give you the truth. So here it is. Led you all that way for right here. You're only led away, and you only fall into sin because of your etzaharah. What? It's a Jewish term for your evil inclination. That's what that dwells within your soul. In other words, I'm going to show you something that you'll never unsee once I show it to you because you'll see it for the first time and it'll radically change your life. Go to the book of James chapter 5. It's going to come up on the board. James knew all about the Etzer because James was a Jew. They've been teaching this since they were young kids. Look at James chapter 5. What do you mean the evil inclination? Be, look at, look at, let no one say that when he is tempted... I am being tempted by God. Why? For God, temptation does not originate from God, but from our what? Own flaws. Look, 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 look. And wait, there's more. For God cannot be tempted by what is evil, and he himself tempts no one, but each one of you, each one of us, each one of us, each one of us is tempted when he is dragged away and enticed and baited, baited to commit sin by his own worldly desires, lusts, and passions. The devil only put in front of you what you were dreaming of and thinking of in your heart. He knew how to bait the hook and to get you on, on it and just to reel you in. He is the only one that could put a king on a rooftop and a naked woman two houses over on the same rooftop. He is the one who is just constantly going after you. He's trying to bait you, but what is he? He's baiting the evil lusts and desires in your own life. Stop blaming the devil. It's you. That's it. The devil knows what type of woman you want, what type of man you want, what type of car you want, what type of promotion you want. He knows everything about you. He's got a playbook on you. He studied you. And all he's doing is waiting for the right opportunity. You've been praying for the promotion, but God says, if I give it to you, I'll have less of you in the house of God. I can't give it to you yet because you ain't ready. I can't give you this relationship because the moment I give you the relationship, you'll find yourself outside of the house of God instead of worshiping in the house of God. So why? Because the devil's just waiting to bait you. That's pastoring. No one wants to call it out. Watch, I'll do it. I suck. I'm evil. The base of who I am, there's nothing good in me. The only right decision I've made is to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior because he did for me what I could never do for myself. I'm fallible. I'm susceptible. I have my own etzaharag. I have my own evil inclinations. And I'm constantly waging war against my flesh because my flesh likes the shiny thing. likes the shiny things. I have to do what the worship says. 
I have to make room because you know what I fill the room up in my heart with? Myself. My heart is an idol producing factory because I look out for myself, I feed myself, I take care of myself, and that's how you become a narcissist. So you have to make room for God. God, I, I, I get off the throne of my own heart and I place you there every day. There it is. There it is. That's being pastored. What part of you needs to die today? Okay, go ahead and stand to your feet. We need a, we need a seventh inning stretch here. <sighs> Sometimes you get one of those bubbles, but you just got to just ah, stretch that out a little bit. Mm. Come on up, worship team. If we can move this, this would be great. Yeah. So come on, Gina, come on. Make me feel like I'm a part of the team here, okay? Like I can sing. Come on over here. Where's my other guy at? Come on over here. I don't know your name, but come on over here so you make me feel like I sing. All right. Like hanging out with the cool kids here, all right? So here's a rat. David said, may the Lord search me. Right? May the Lord search me and find me. If you could just close your eyes. Could you, could you play in the background, the bridge, the progression, tear down the walls? Thank you. Can we just have a moment of just a moment here with the Lord that we would make room for the Lord to come and deal with his people at the base of every revival there was repentance go read Nehemiah and Ezra there's always repentance if you're in here today and I'm not here to shame you I'm here to take the shame off you the only way to take the shame off you is to receive Christ. But if you're in here today and you've never prayed to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do so. If you're in here today and you've walked away, but you find yourself in the house of God today, and you know you need to recommit your life with eyes closed, heads bowed, if that's you and you want to pray to receive Christ for the first time or you want to recommit your life, you want to get it right with Jesus, do not hesitate. Today is your day, but if that's you, just write where you're at. I'm not going to embarrass you, but could you slip up your hand so I know to pray for you? Just write where you're at. Thank you. Thank you. That's great. Thank you. Thank you for those hands. That's good. I got you guys in the back too, on the sides. Thank you. Most of all, the Lord sees your hands, and that's what matters. But church fam, can we pray together with those who raise their hands in just a moment of unity and solidarity? Can we just pray this prayer together? Say, Heavenly Father, I repent of my sins. I receive you and your gracious gift into my life. Transform me. Change me. Holy Spirit of God, come and inhabit my heart. I love you. Thank you again for tuning in to the Fountain Podcast, where our heart is to lead people to see Jesus clearly, love him deeply, and follow him wholeheartedly. You can also find more content by following us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and by downloading our app.